0: Welcome in to another edition of Locked On Titans. I'm Jimmy Morris, joined as always by Terry Lambert. Terry, how are you today?
1: I'm doing all right. What's up with you?
0: Not a whole lot doing the voicemail show today. These are always fun. I appreciate a bunch of y'all calling in. But after yesterday's show, uh, we ended up having plenty for a full show. So that's awesome. Um, Again, if you want to get in on the next episode of this, 615 787 8762. That's the number you call. And you can leave us a message. You can keep it to about a minute. Everybody this week did great. Um, and we will get into those next week. Uh, also, to remind you, we're right from UCMiracles.com where we cover the Titans for SB Nation. So you can check us out there. You can follow us on Twitter. I'm at Jim Morris, MCM. Terry's at T. Lambert FB. Uh, you can get the podcast wherever you get your podcast. Just search out Locked on Titans. You can also get us on your smart speaker at your house. Just say, play podcast Locked on Titans, and you'll hear us there. All right, so straight into the questions. Today, our first question comes from Josh.
2: Hey, guys, my name is Josh, a long-time listener. i was just guess I was thinking about um, what the Cowboys were able to do with Amari Cooper and trading their first for a, a, you know, pretty good wide receiver. i was just curious what you guys' thoughts on someone like Antonio Brown or another elite wide receiver. What do you think he'll take to get, uh, you know, one of the top guys? And do you think the Titans would pull the trigger. All
1: right, here, what do you think? Well, the Amari deal really, really worked out. Um, I think we were we were both surprised with, with how well it worked out. Um, I, I know for me, and uh, I know Jimmy probably felt the same way, I, I didn't want to give up a first-round pick. I didn't think he'd go for a first-round pick with the numbers he was putting up in Oakland, but um, and it certainly did. Yeah, Antonio Brown is interesting. Um, what are you getting there? Is he still the, the elite receiver? Uh, than he was two years ago, I'm not sure he is. Um, would he be happy here in a, a primarily run first offense uh, I, i'm I'm not too sure he he would be. Um, he would certainly get get plenty of targets headed his way, but I'm just not sure uh, he he would be happy inside this offense he, I think it would take at least a first uh, maybe a one and a two, one and a three, something like that. Um, it, it just depends on how motivated Pittsburgh is to get rid of him. Uh, it depends on how much damage he's really done with himself and the organization.
0: Yeah, that's the big question is how yeah, – I think, I think the longer it goes, probably I guess the less they'll take. Um, I mean, it, it seems pretty clear that, that they're headed for a divorce there. I, I don't see any way that they're going to rebound and salvage that relationship with everything that's gone on. I think somebody will overpay for him. I think somebody will maybe even go two ones or like you said a one and two even, which I mean listen Antonio Brown has, has been arguably the best receiver in the game for the last four or five years, but is he nearing the end of that? I, I mean I think probably he is, so I don't know how much you want to give up. Obviously a big contract and then just the issues with the with, the, with how he is in the locker room. Like you said, if he'd be happy here or not, I just I, I can't see him being happy here, and, you know, you don't want to bring in the guy. I mean, everything that you've heard, everything that's come out since all this went down has been really negative, and if you go back and listen to, you know, Mike Tomlin's press conference at the end of the season, usually, you know, they try to keep those things in house a little bit, try to, you know, say, well, it wasn't, it's not as bad as being reported, or blah, blah, blah. And Mike Tomlin's let it all out there, like, he didn't show up for stuff, um, just, you know, decided he wasn't going to come, decided he wasn't going to play, all that kind of stuff, and I don't know, I mean, it seems like he's been like that his whole career, I don't know that he's going to change, and so I, I don't really know that adding that guy to your locker room is, is worth worth the production that he that he could bring. Absolutely, he's he's you know miles better than the Titans have currently. But with all those factors considered, and I think it'd be a different conversation if you were a free agent. But when you when you got to give a, 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 at least a couple draft picks for him, all the all the baggage there, I just I don't know. It, it's not a, a road that I'm interested in seeing the Titans go down. All right, coming up next, we've got uh, Michael with a question about Arthur Smith.
2: Hey, guys, Michael 7 again. I uh, was just listening to the podcast. Guy said you only had one voicemail, so I thought I'd call in and get more feedback from you guys. Um, just a thought from the Arthur Smith hiring. What do you guys think about the Titans kind of developing into um, a multiplicity kind of – team, a more balanced team, just like the Patriots almost. The Patriots on offense at least don't do one or two things extremely well. I mean, they can beat you by passing the football and and they can run the football when needed and they kind of refuse both of those just depending on the game plan and their in-game adjustments are just unbelievable. I think that's what we kind of saw. Uh, over the course of the playoffs and just their time and during their playoff run and their Super Bowl run. So I think that the Titans are kind of built the same way. We can beat you by running the football, and if we can get the passing game going with some weapons and continuity, I think that we can do the same thing. What are you guys' thoughts? Thanks, guys.
1: Bye. So being multiple is, is certainly the goal. Um, I think the Titans were on their way to, to doing that last year. Um, again, I, I don't. We, it seems like we talk about this on every episode, but there's just so many uh, outside factors that went into that. Mainly the the health of Marcus Mariota. Um, I'll throw in the the inconsistency of the, of the offensive line. Uh, you look at that Indy game. You look at that Baltimore game. There's just nothing doing on, on you know run or pass. So I I, I think we have a clear. Um, Game plan of running Derrick Henry, uh, they'd be stupid to go away from that. I, I think Marcus Mariota is going to surprise some people uh, when he comes back healthy next year, uh, assuming that nerve is fine, uh, assuming that, that he can come back to full strength. Um, when he was on last year, Titans weren't bad. Uh, if you can add a, a little bit to this passing game, uh, add some veteran help, um, some guys that, that don't have to start from ground zero, Uh, I I think you can be that multiple team. Um, Can they be elite at it? I'm not so sure. Uh, I think you're still uh, probably too young in in your receiver core to to do that. Uh, But I I certainly think they can do both really well.
0: Yeah, that's the thing. You know, we had so many conversations last offseason about attacking an opponent's weakness and all that stuff. And I think – that's what they want to do. I, I think that um, you know, like like you said, we, we found they found an offense that they could center around Derrick Henry late in the year. Um, was kind of a surprise, really, to all of us. But you know, so they found that. So obviously, that's what you're going to build on going forward. But I mean, I think best case scenario, you've got that. You know, you can do that if you come up against a team that's stout against the run, but terrible against the pass. Then you alter your game plan that week and you throw the ball more. I mean, it, you know, again, it seems so simple, but it's something that so few NFL teams do. And you know, you talked about the Patriots, I mean, that's, you know, that's their thing, that's what we've been talking about for, you know, years, you watch them, they attack the opponent's weakness, you go back to their divisional round game against the Chiefs, and they just handed the ball to Sonny Michelle. and Sonny Michelle scored three touchdowns because that was where the Chargers were the weakest, so, you know, you want to see something like that, hopefully they can do that here, like you're saying, there's a lot of, they need a lot more pieces, I think, to be able to be a real threat on, you know, through the air and on the ground. But if they can, you know, do some of that in this offseason, I think there's a chance that that's what they'll be next year. All right, coming up next, we hear from Brett.
3: Hey, guys, this is Brett. I'm from Campbellsville, Kentucky, big Titans fan. Love to listen to your show. Um, As far as the offensive coordinator uh, selection, I like the move because of the continuity it brings to the offense and the team, especially for Marcus Mariota. I'm a huge Marcus Mariota fan. I believe he's a straight-up baller, a winner. Uh, And so I believe that that we need to try to do whatever we can to help him succeed this next year. As far as bringing free agents in, uh, I noticed that uh, Cole Beasley is unhappy in Dallas. What do you guys think about having someone like Cole Beasley? Uh, on our team, someone who is uh, pretty consistent in catching the football. Uh, he's a third-down guy. He's kind of like that Wes Welker, Julian Elman type, um, something we have not had. You know, we thought maybe Taywan Taylor would be that, but it doesn't seem that that's the case. So if you, can you answer that question? Just want to hear your feedback on that. Um, tighten up.
1: Yeah, we've been hesitant to get into to, too many names uh, so far. Uh, just because you don't know really who's going to hit the market quite yet, but it, it does seem like Cole Beasley, after his comments, is headed for the open market, um, and, and that's a guy that the Titans could certainly use. Uh, you talk about a, a reliable guy going over the middle. Um, you know, I, I think he made that passing game uh, really tick. Um, you know, when they were down some playmakers there in Dallas before Amari got there. So um, I don't think the Titans have a lot of reliability at, at receiver right now. So I definitely think they could use a guy like Cole Beasley.
0: Yeah, I mean, I wrote a thing for MusicMiracles.com the other day about, you know, starting all the receivers. I, I think you need a guy that can get down the field, and I think you need a guy that um, can run the underneath stuff. Uh, and so, yeah, Cole Beasley absolutely fits that second role. Um, you know, I would prefer Golden Tate and Adam Humphreys ahead of Beasley. But, it, I mean, I'll be happy as long as they walk away with one of those three guys. So hopefully that's something that they'll be able to do um, that'll be part of their, you know, their free agency plan. We don't know if it will or not. But again, our our stance has been pretty consistent in that we think they need to add veteran, you know, presence, veteran leadership to that receiver room. And so Cole be- Cole Beasley certainly fits that bill. All right, coming up next, we have a question from Taylor.
3: Hey, Terry. Hey, Jimmy. This is Taylor from Birmingham wanted to get your thoughts on the current Kenny Vaccaro situation. I know there's been a lot of fan chatter with people saying they want him back in a Titans uniform next year and I am definitely a part of that crowd and I know with the Jonathan Sippard returning from injury next year, the front office might not see eye to eye as far as finances are concerned so do you guys think that Kenny's going to sit and wait out a few offers Uh, because I know he's already expressed his public desire of returning to the team Um, but Hey, guys, my guys love the show. Uh, Let me know
1: what you guys think, and tighten up. Yeah, I think this is a really good question, uh, one that we probably should have talked about before now. Um, I I think the Titans got better uh, with Kenny Vaccaro. I think he was more consistent uh, in coverage. You know, Jonathan Ciprian is kind of what he is. He's that box safety, uh, but a liability against the pass. Um, I prefer Kenny Vaccaro, and and I think that's the popular opinion here. Um, I don't know that you can keep both. I don't know that you want to keep both. Um, Cyprian is, uh, I think, $1.5 million in dead cap if he's cut uh, due to make $5.5 million um, next year. Kenny Vaccaro, you know, you kind of got out of a bargain with a $900,000 base salary. Probably not going to be the case if you want to re-sign him uh, long term. But I- I'm definitely not against re-signing Kenny Vaccaro. Um, uh, I think you definitely noticed when he wasn't available when he was hurt last year. Uh, there's a big drop-off for Dean Pease's defense.
0: Well, listen, you know, I'm no huge Jonathan Cyprian fan. I mean, I was saying that they should entertain drafting a safety in the first round last year. Um, so, you know, again, when people – and listen, there are people that are huge Jonathan Cyprian fans. And and I think that Cyprian's a good dude. I think he's a good, you know, guy to have in the locker room. Um, obviously, he hung around this year after he went down, and, and he, you know, helped out with everything that he could. So, I mean, you know, I respect the guy which is on the field, I, he's, just, he's a liability in pass coverage. And, you know, the, the best thing that you can point to that he's done in pass coverage is, you know, the fact that he gave Travis Kelsey a concussion in the playoff game last year. And so, I mean, I, I just, Kenny Vaccaro seemed to be able to do it all, um, you know, came in and, and they definitely didn't miss a beat with him. Like you said, possibly if it got better. So, yeah, I mean, I think that's a conversation that, that John Robinson would have to entertain between, you know, what's Vaccaro going to cost? What You know, like you said, moving over from Cyprian, what that does to your cap and all that kind of stuff. Um, but, I mean, if, if all things are equal, I would prefer Kenny Vaccaro over Jonathan Cyprian. Uh, all right, next question comes from David.
1: Hey, guys, this is David calling from California. I've been a Titans fan since 1999 and a big fan of the podcast. Thank you guys for the hard work you put in. Hey, want to expand a little bit more on Corey Davis. I know you guys did your wide receiver breakdown a few weeks ago, I think. But want to talk a little bit more about his role going forward in 2019. You know, we drafted him in the first round, and I think it really is time for us to see how good he can be in the NFL going forward and really be that legitimate number one. You look around the league and you see other teams who have a pretty clear number one, you know, sometimes number one and two. Uh, But just want to expand on your thoughts on not only what he could do, For the wide receiving core emerging as that number one guy without question, but also what he can do for the offense as a whole. So thanks again, guys. Appreciate it. Yeah, I think Corey Davis has been hurt by uh, the inconsistency of of Marcus Mariota. Um, Put up decent numbers. Uh, I I think he had three or four games where the Titans really just didn't even try to throw the ball. Uh, So that hurt him. But, I mean, look, a couple breaks here or there, he could have had a 1,200-yard uh, season. So I think he's on, on pace. I, I don't know if he's ever going to be that elite receiver, but I think he can be a pretty good number one in this league. Um, I, I think it's important to remember this was his full first full year with getting trading camp underneath him. Uh, yet another offense for him, so he was learning too. We talk a lot about Marcus Mariota. It affects the receivers too. Uh, You know, it's rare that anyone walks in as a number one in this league. Uh, You know, it kind of takes time, takes a couple of years to figure things out. Uh, You know, I I point to Devonta Adams in Green Bay. Uh, People wanted him cut after year one, year two, uh, and then he started to blossom into the receiver that he is now. So um, I don't know if he's returned the value of of the fifth overall pick just yet, uh, but I, I definitely think he still can do that. He's pretty young in his career.
0: Yeah, I mean that's the thing with, with Corey Davis. It's it, and again, I, I hate that we're you know having to put these these caveats on things again this offseason. season. But with Marcus Mariota not being healthy all year, um, you just you just question how much how much you know the receivers were really able to be out there and produce um, because it was the, the offense was so inconsistent up and down all year. I think we saw from Corey Davis some flashes of you know him being that guy that they drafted him to be. So, I, you know, I feel, I feel pretty good about that. Um, like you're saying, I, I don't think he's, you know, top five receiver in the league ceiling. But I think he's got plenty of ability, plenty good enough to be the number one in this offense, to be the guy they rely on. And, and I think you saw that in some games last year. So I was pretty happy with the way he came on this last year. And, again, you know, it does. It feels like a little bit like offseason, last offseason, where we were saying, well, you know, you got, you got to take the Rubisky offense into consideration. But we're kind of here again with, with some of these things. You have to take Mariota's health and all that into consideration for when you're looking at wide receiver numbers. But listen, he showed up really big in some really big spots. And so that gives me a lot of confidence on what he can be going forward. Um, all right, coming up, we finished up with our question from Freddie.
3: Hey guys, really love the
1: show. This is Freddie Barnes all the way out in Silver Spring, Maryland. Um so my question is, what do you think about our Khalil Mack, maybe? Uh defensive end linebacker Jake uh Jadavion Clowney. Um what do you guys think? Do you think it would be a a good pickup on free agency? Do you think it's a stretch? Do you even think it's a possibility? Um I know, you know, Mike Graves. he had he coached him for a year or so, so what do you think? Thank you, guys. Keep doing a great job. I think the first question you have to ask on on Clowney is, will he hit the market? Uh, You know, we always say pass rushers don't really hit the market. Um, Hard to see him being a free agent. Uh, I think he's a key piece of that Houston defense. I know he doesn't have the numbers. He's only put up nine and a half sacks in his best year, Uh, but he really impacts the game, and it's a guy that you have to account for. Um, But let's assume he does hit the market. That guy's going to command a lot of money, uh, First former first overall pick. Um, you're still kind of betting on his upside, but you're not going to find uh, typically a, a better pass rusher hitting the market like that. So uh, you look at the Titans, you know, four, projected $43 million in cap space. Uh, I, I think a Clowney contract would eat up a lot of that. That's 13th most in the league, uh, and that number can move around a little bit. But I think more teams are going to be willing to spend more money on Clowney uh, just because they have the flexibility to do so.
0: Yeah, I mean it's an interesting thing when you look at uh, pulled up three, four outside linebacker contracts on over the cap, and obviously you know Khalil Mack got the big deal last year, 141 million, 60 million guaranteed. I don't think that Clowney would get those numbers, but when you look at, I mean the next the next closest guy, Vaughn Miller, 114 million, uh, 42 guaranteed. You know, if if Connie hits the open market, I think he gets probably something close to that. I mean, you're looking at 40 plus million guaranteed for a guy like that. Like you said, I mean, there are question marks. He hasn't necessarily been healthy. Um, You're you're, you're, Like you said, you're still betting on the upside there a little bit. So, I mean, I think all those things would be a little bit of a cause for concern. But the thing that we've said, you know, multiple times on here, these elite pass rushers don't hit free agency. Well, you know, if Tony did, that would be a different story. I don't think he does. I think, uh, ultimately, if the the Texans can't work anything out out with him, um, that they will franchise him and, and, you know, try to see if they can figure something out between now and next offseason. season. Uh, my friend, at Pat D. Statt, who writes for a, a Texans website on Twitter, um, I asked him at, at some point, it went, one day I was just playing around looking at guys that were potentially going to be free agents, and those noticed Connie's name was on the list, and I asked him if there was any shot the Texans let him hit the market. He said no. So I, I just really don't see a scenario where they don't do something to bring him back next year. Um, but, yeah, I mean, the Titans should be the front of the line for the bidding uh, with him if he's there. Like you said, there's there's cap considerations and all of those things, and, and, and how you feel about guys in this draft and, and all that stuff. I mean, all that stuff will certainly come into play, but I think I, I don't. I think it's kind of a, all, a, all a moot point at some point. I don't. I don't think. I think the Texans get something done, and he doesn't ever hit the market. Um, all right, we really appreciate everybody that called in uh, this week. Uh, this is this is like I said, this is a fun show for us to do. Hope you guys enjoy it as well. It really helps us as we you know try to power through the off season. Um, we'll get, obviously, a lot into the draft stuff, free agency, all that stuff, when that stuff opens up, but we're still a few weeks away from that. Um, so we appreciate you guys calling in. Again, if you want to do that, you want to be on next week's show, 615-787-8762. I think it was about a minute-long voicemail. We'll talk about it on the show. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of Locked On Titans, and we will talk to you again next week.